Welcome back to the February 24th, 2008 Fanboy Planet Podcast, Part 2. Um, yeah, Part 2. Okay, we rejoin the fanboys live, right where we left them. Have you guys heard about Confessions of a Superhero? Or I actually have. I actually saw this in a, a YouTube trailer. I have trailer. not. Mm, Tell okay. us. So, but, okay. but tell us about it, because I, I really haven't seen yeah, anything other than that. It I, is a, a documentary about the um, the people who work outside of the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard and dress as superheroes for tips. Ah. And it's actually pretty engaging, and uh, I have... Um, I've gotten high with three of the people in the movie. Can I say that? Is that weird? Is well, are we getting the explicit tag now? Oh, we, I, we we just wanted, we when just we did. say high, you mean just very happy, I right? mean, at a, at a very high altitude. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Denver. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We hung out in Denver. Denver. No. Just right next door to the Grauman's Chinese Theater. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I do uh, – I, I recommend it. I think the people who listen to your show will really dig it. It's pretty fascinating, particularly in the way that um, – the people who play their roles take on certain aspects of those characters. The gentleman who plays Batman is uh, pretty fascinating. So is the the is Superman that a character. Phrase that is, for it? Well, I mean, you just have to see it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think that's the most engaging thing about it, though. Is is um, was there a scene in Borat with these guys? Uh, yes, in I Borat. Think in Borat, yeah. there's there really? they with with Superman and the su- the guy who plays Superman. Do you know his real name? I feel you know. I don't know his real guy name. Who plays Superman. I, uh, a few years ago, Michael and I were at Comic Con, and he was in our hotel. Uh, <laughs> it was just like an odd thing. It was like a, not our hotel room. No, I didn't say <laughs> let, that. I said stress. I have never been to Denver with just Superman. Just let you stress. <laughs> uh, he was he was staying at at the, at the same hotel we were, and it was he always struck me. I didn't know that he was on the streets outside of uh, yeah. Broadway. His entire identity. I mean, he's never been outside of and, that. But outfit. he looks very much like Christopher Reeve, mm, yeah. uh, except I think a lot skinnier. Um, so, but he appears at Comic Con every summer. I don't know about the other guys. If the Batman comes down, or occasionally, I believe that uh, at the time of the showing, when I saw the film and, and talked to the director, I believe Batman was incarcerated. Or uh, he was, well, that he was would there, never happen. Like Are you saying ago. he didn't was register? Really? Was it like one of those plot yeah, lines exactly. where Bruce Wayne was actually being framed for something? <laughs> yes. and, well, no? What's weird is that uh, I've actually got it on my Netflix queue. I haven't seen it mm. yet. But what's amazing is that these guys are now legitimate stars. Yeah, yeah. Because in the latest, I think it's Cosmo or maybe it's W, there is a photo shoot with Lindsay Lohan posing with the different heroes throughout it. Wow, awesome. it is bizarre. And now, whose career going, is that bad for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how? Okay, so uh, just to clarify, does this have to do anything with? Didn't they have a little controversy a couple years back with like them not being allowed to charge yes. for their pictures or something there has like been, that? There's or? been several things, and they deal with it briefly in in the doc. But yeah, there's there's been issues with. And that. the guy who plays Superman claims to be the son of someone famous, and I can't remember <sighs> who it is. So I guess we'll have to watch the documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's but but, but it also the documentary put puts that claim into question. Actually, mm-hmm. so yeah, he has no proof. He just claims to be like the long lost son of, some, yeah, of yeah, somebody. Escapes me. So this is on DVD already, or it's coming? Do you I know? I think it's coming. Okay, I will try this uh, tonight to look up the uh, the YouTube video, and we can so wait, get how that they, linked on the site. How do they Girl. get away with posing and making money as actual trademark characters? Do they have? Written releases from like Warner Brothers or DC Comics? No, I don't believe they do. In fact, I asked the director a question about his film if he was concerned about that putting Superman on the cover of his film and stuff. And he said, as a documentarian, he has he has a right to do that. You know, yeah. it, it's under an act of journalism. Um, they themselves, however, I, I don't really know what legal rights they have. Yeah, I, kind of, I think it may be sort of like the the way DC turns a blind eye and through this 
Warner Brothers I mean, does. it benefits them ultimately. It, it, yeah, but they it's turn a tricky to area. Fan films, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, you watch that Grayson or that World's Finest fan film or that Batman yep. Alien Predator thing that went wild. Um, you know, that uh, Dead End, that was it, you know. That no one really profited it from it. And I, I, you know, I don't know if these guys are making a really decent living out of it, but, I mean, I think it is ultimately it benefits them. They realize they're not really paying these guys to make the appearances and they're keeping there's a Wonder Woman too right? yeah there's so a Wonder Woman and uh, a gentleman who plays the Incredible Hulk, Hulk. Yeah. Hulk no, uh, yeah, no metamorpho cat. and a Captain America also uh, oh, there's no Captain America in this film yeah I'm sure there's one out in but front. one has shown up okay. yeah I'm, I have no doubt I so mean, pretty much all you gotta do is go to a Halloween store get a superhero costume stand right. outside well, the theater the Hulk pretty much and looks take that pictures way. I mean, it's, like, it's a big zone it's a pretty crazy <laughs> outfit yeah that he uses Yeah, no, but, I, I was not confused yeah yeah, no, I met him previously in, in person when he was doing Green Lantern. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, he, he's a he's a brother, so there's not a lot of black superheroes. The Hulk is perfect because he, he's wearing a mask. Yeah. By brother, you mean an African American? I do correct? I mean okay. an African American. That's right. Oh, I myself. Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Actually, but we all know from continuity, the Hulk is a Franciscan. So. <laughs> Who's a Marianist? Anyway, uh, so that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. And earlier we were talking uh, about Terry. Out. We started talking about Terry Gilliam, mm. a, a filmmaker we've been messed with. And, of course, tragedy has messed with his latest Once film. Once again. Right. The Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus. But a rumored thing we talked about a couple weeks ago to save this film has now been confirmed. Yep. Heath Ledger was playing a otherworldly clown who was guiding... Uh, Christopher Plummer's uh, immortal circus ringmaster and his troop through the movie is different dimensions. The ima- is Dr. Parn- Parnassus' Imaginarium or the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus? I think it's the Imaginarium of Dr. Dr. Parnassus. Parnassus. Nice. And about halfway through filming, of course, obviously a couple weeks ago, Heath Ledger died. So they didn't know what to do. Terry Gilliam uh, rewrote the script since magic was involved and they figured with and dimension hopping and dimension involved. hopping with enough CG, they could have legitimately Heath or someone in Heath Ledger from the back step through a mirror and become another actor for a segment of the film. So they now confirmed that Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and Jude Law will all be mm. in this film as oh. Heath Ledger's <laughs> character to finish the plot out. Wow. To kind of be like an all-star tribute. Yeah, that'll be a hell of a I knew, I knew this would be one that you'd at least kind it's of It's pretty fascinating. I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it. I, I think it's interesting that all these actors want to come forth. And I mean, it's an interesting tribute. Is it not – doesn't feel creepy to anybody? I think Gilliam had to do it to break the Indian curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah had to finish really, the movie regardless. After, yeah. after Lost in La Mancha, yeah, exactly. he's got to make a movie that people are at least intrigued by. And I love the fact that it's all the Commonwealth nations if you include America. You have an American, you have an Englishman, you have an Australian, you have an Irish. So, <laughs> Well, I hadn't really thought nice. of that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris, Matthew, Indian in there? That changes everything. <laughs> Matthew Almarek was busy with the, with uh, Quantum of Solace. With magic, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the world of illusion. <laughs> Thank you, Doug Henning. That's if he had lived, he'd look a lot like you. I, I think. <laughs> Doug Henning's dead. <laughs> yeah, a long. Time. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Like ten years. Bomber. <laughs> that guy. That guy who's been telling you he's Doug Henning. <laughs> not Doug. Probably not. So you might. You might want to rethink that. What about all those sleepless nights? <laughs> Again, that's not Doug Henning, man. Uh, oh. And I can't believe you'd roll over for a magician. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was just so convincing. 
<sighs> One film that has legal trouble but did finish this week as far as principal photography goes, Watchmen had a wrap. Yeah, yeah wow. finished. What's That's the amazing. deal with the legal trouble on that? I heard about that, but I don't really know. Uh, 20th Century Fox back in 1988. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, in 08. Oh, yeah, realized, yeah, that's right. In 1988, right. they were originally the ones who bought the rights. Right. And, or, or the producer bought the rights, went to them, and they got this little thing that said he could – they didn't want to make it, but if, they, if he could make it alive at some other studio, he would have to talk to them and there would still have to be a payoff. Mm-hmm. It never happened. It was set up at Paramount for a while. I, I, I have uh, – they did do a promotional button with the bloodstained happy face that says Paramount. Watchmen, and they had a website for a while, too. Um, well, Warner Brothers went through with this, and 20th Century Fox, someone just realized, or someone waited until the crucial moment to mess with their plans to get a bigger payoff. Was that the Sam Haim script they were working off? Yeah, was that no, the original? Okay. That was the original, the Sam Haim, that Terry Gilliam was attached to at one right, point. Right, right, right. Um, and now it's not. I can't remember who is the Zach screenwriter Snyder. now. Oh. No, he's the director. Zack yeah, Snyder's yeah, yeah. director, but I, uh, David Hayter had <laughs> written a... Yeah, okay. Sorry. Had, no, sorry. I, I don't know who David Hayter is, that name alone is. Uh, uh, yeah, worth he a wrote. Uh, well, he at least got the screen credit for the first X Men movie. I see. And that's been about it as far as produced screenplays. Yeah. So they completed principal photography, and today on the official website, uh, a first official photograph of Rorschach. Uh, oh, an official photo. And he's yeah. doing something. Yeah, he's setting a security guard or a, a, a cop, uh, somebody in. You know, in, in the right setting them a blaze fire. fire. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Wow. yeah cool. Is. So, um, I mean, th- one still does not a movie make. For movie make, but at but least Rorschach. At least it looks like Rorschach. I mean, yeah, they know Zack Snyder is at least a fanboy enough to know that he's going to sell this on Rorschach. Yeah. I mean, we can see Doc Manhattan. Do we care? Isn't and, this the I, guy I, who did 300? I mean, I don't. Yes. And he is the guy who did the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Those going to be flashy. Gonna be loud, yeah. And I'm there's gonna be one too, too scene that, that Josh is gonna like. <laughs> he said, "That's right, yeah." And he does be- an homage to Lars Van Schaar <laughs> there, or whatever his name is. <laughs> nice. And you're a director, law. <laughs> Not really. Uh, he, he, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I know I'm running the risk of potentially pushing away every reader you, I will ever have. Are, in this are you working as a screenwriter? Or are you burning into bridges there, John? No, no, but you know, I definitely, I'm, I'm very aware of the connection between the comic book films and my industry that I work in, and I, I know that my readership is. But I have to say, I'm not you feeling a good. To two and a half men, didn't you? I you did. were hoping that's right. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. Mysteriously, they turned that down like, for the. Thank you. For, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, I'm just not feeling too too good about it. I mean, I've, Watchmen has a very close place in my heart. Yeah. You know, um, it's part of the reason why I'm writing comics today. And uh, uh, Alan Moore has not had a very good run here with people doing his films. Well, I think it's safe to say though, with Watchmen, do we do we think that there's a good portion of fandom that is kind of. Saying, well, we're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit. I'm sure to see this movie, there meaning so sacrifice many the starts. story. I don't think they so can sacrifice on the uh, the big payoff part. Of no, the but movie. I'm just saying though. I think a lot of fans that know Watchmen know that you can't make a good Watchmen movie unless you did an eight part series on. Well, like, which will Terry Gilliam? HBO or this something. is why Terry Gilliam yeah. ultimately walked away. Was he said unless HBO would step in and let him make it as a miniseries, he didn't think it was possible. Now, the one thing that I got to say gives me some hope for the credibility of this is and I still don't know if it's actually true it's been rumored off and on that the Tales of the Black Freighter have been filmed separately and though you won't see it theatrically it will be on the DVD so you could edit it back in 
you know, I mean, not you so, as a consumer. That, well, but as the it comes with an avid DVD. board. Well, yeah. I mean, you, know, you right. can. Well, you, you know, again, I don't have a Blu-ray or an HD, but right. isn't that one of the things? Can't you possibly? Well, it's supposed or, to be one of the things you could do with DVD, but nobody ever yeah. did it. There is uh, there is a director's cut of Highlander Four that wow. does that. So, I, I, and yeah, you would wow. edit it, but they could do it so that you could like. There go, was that, go that here. porn, that Jenna Jameson porn. You could switch the camera angles on. Speaking of that, hey, her comic book came out today. Yeah. The first official issue of Shadowhunter came so, out. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? My editor, I'm doing a book, by the way, uh, on the life of the Buddha um, with Deepak Chopra for Virgin Comics. Oh, that's right. So boy, Pimp. We're, we're talking good. Well, Pimp, hey, Pimp and Buddha. I, I got to say, man, I I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I sat in on his press conference when they announced Virgin uh. with uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two of them, and I, good, uh, Michael Goodson was sitting next to me, he leans over me, and he goes, it was the first time I had the phrase was said to me this way. They're just blowing your mind right now, aren't they? <laughs> I said, yeah, because I'd never heard Grant Morrison actually speak. Mm. And he was so... He's res- Scottish. I knew. He was so, I knew that. Yeah. But he was so respectful and quiet yeah, he, to yeah. Dr. Chopra. And then the next day I heard him on something. He goes, I'm a freaking wild man Scotsman. You know, and it was just like, <laughs> that's not the guy yeah. I just met. And I always wanted to... That's well, the power of Chopra. Himself, you know? that is it's the power, the power of Chopra. Of Chopra. Yeah. And Chopra can do that. Yeah. The He's po- not fun at parties, though. Brings everybody know. down. Brings everybody. Know. I partied with Chopra, dude. You did not. I partied Chopra style. Don't I even know. He only did said man, he was Chopra. Yeah. The man levitates when he's drunk. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. No, the, not, the guy's like right. Dal Sim from Street Fighter, okay? Buddha <laughs> <laughs> Fighter! Yeah. Okay, yeah. What I was going to say was that the my editor on Buddha is also the editor on this this. Jim and Ch- Jim Jameson, Jameson Shadow Hunter. Yeah. Yes. Which is fascinating. Excellent. So she's bouncing back and forth between the Buddha. She does bounce back and forth. She does, yeah, she? Yeah, I'm yeah, guessing he's doing a lot more editing on that book, right? Or she. <laughs> she, she, she female editor. Yeah, Mariah, you sexist pig. A little more research. Uh, Mariah is, yeah, she's doing more editing on the porn book than well, she's so now, on Is that an exclusive? You're doing this live of the Buddha. When is that coming out? Uh, the first issue hits in March. Okay. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. You're so much deeper than the people we usually talk to. It's freaking It's all me an out. act. It's know, all an act. I'm shallow as hell. Oh, well, great. Good. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that later. All right. So um, the, that's the Watchmen thing. We, uh, you know, it's finished. The what? I, the Watchmen thing. You don't mean know if the, a Watchmen thing? Oh, shush. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, is, is it going to look like a music video? I mean, is it going to look like 300? I, I don't think I can handle Watchmen looking like 300. It's going to drive me crazy. I just don't know. I think it still depth. does not have that weird depth look that I mean because right. I, I know what you're saying about 300. No, no, I know that he has other styles. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm a fan of his work. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of 300, but I thought it was capable. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I think he's a capable director. So if he's a fanboy and loves the material enough, mm-hmm. it, I think we'll be impressed. I think really? we'll like. I, I hope so. I've got three words for you: Mark Stephen Johnson. Dare, the guy directed Daredevil and, and Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. He's a fanboy. His heart was in the right place. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a crappy director. <laughs> so I'm just saying. A, that third element is I'm necessary. Just saying, I think Zach Penn's a good director. Uh, no, Zach Penn is not. It's Zach Snyder who's uh, Either way. <laughs> I think Zach Mack like and the Zach Heart Penn. Attack you is a great director. Uh, <laughs> wow. See, my, my big problem with this is I have only seen – I saw the still today, and I saw a unofficial couple of shots – and the first thing out of my mind was... Out of your mind? Out of my mind. Out of my <laughs> mind, which was blowed, um, was that it looked like they got the yeah. di- the set director for Dick Tracy back. Uh, and uh, it yeah. has that sort of feel to it. Kind huh. of like doc- Cabin of Dr. Caligari without enough lighting. <laughs> kind yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but those are just production stills. They don't mean anything until well, you see the final cut. Right, right, until they color proof everything. And, um, you know, what was interesting to me about 300 that I thought was really impressive was how it managed to be both homo. Uh, erotic and homophobic at the same time. Mm. I was very impressed. That's well, not easy. Isn't, that, isn't yeah. that the American way? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not exactly. easy to do. And if he does that with with you know Watchmen, those, I'll be impressed. Those jocks that would pick on the nerds and go bye bye boys, and then they go off and slap like, each other. Be very and every Halloween they dress in drag. I can tell you. Well, a movie that I know Josh has seen. <laughs> Beowulf. I have seen that. Will be coming out on DVD special edition on Tuesday That's with glasses. No. Exactly. That just seems like a, the Which only way to see that movie is in 3D. 3D. Yeah. I did totally. request. I said, is there a 3D version? And they're not releasing a 3D version. That's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, you know why? No, I don't. Tell us, Chris. They're stupid. Uh, one, the process they use is not a standard process. And it's actually Which is why it works so well in the theater. Exactly. The other thing is that the uh, Rodriguez films that were released with DVD glasses tested very poorly. Uh, they didn't. The process did not go over with families, in particular, more than one viewer families. Right. So they did come with four. Because oh lord, yeah, I, I have uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> Shut up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, which my son thinks is Citizen Kane. So. <laughs> As does Evelyn. Well, I've well. seen it more times than I've seen any other film. At least in the that's past the year. target audience. So <laughs> okay. Sorry. But yeah. So and the, the target writer. Yeah. There's there are limitations on the technology currently that are making it expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's well, the same reason why they never released a 3D video of Captain EO, though it was they released a flat version of it. There, mm. Oh. Is well, here here's my suggestion for the Beowulf people that are missing the 3D experience when you have it on just run back and forth up to the screen okay. to capture the whole 3D experience thank you experience. for the expertise but, yeah. uh, that wasn't quite what I'm looking now, for now uh, Rick and I saw that film together and, yep. uh, but we enjoyed it in 3D did you I see was, the IMAX 3D? no I did not see the IMAX that was 3D. the way it was orgasmic yeah I actually was wrote it really? to our, was pretty impressive actually. I actually wrote to our local IMAX theater saying why aren't you guys getting decent films in there I'm tired of seeing things about the heroic ant nice or, you know. and his membership was cancelled the next <laughs> day I cancelled so, my membership a oh, long okay. time ago told yeah. him I'd isn't it works. sad that Roger Avery finally penned like a, a big major hit and then got involved in a drunk driving accident and killed someone? Yes, yes. yes. Right. Roger Avery. Who is that again? Isn't he the... Uh, co-writer of Pulp co-writer Fiction, of oh. uh, Killing Zoe, and... Uh, Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill. <laughs> he wrote Silent Hill. And uh, wait, there's, one. there's a Stitch, the Frankenstein myth with Will Wheaton as wow. the Frankenstein monster. Wow. Uh, fantastic in 3D and IMAX, but do you think that the plotting and, and no. uh, you don't think it'll be... I think without the, that experience... It, it was an amusement park ride to you, not necessarily a film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved Crispin Glover's performance as Grendel. was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and, but beyond that, you know, I, I, it, the acting felt flat and the story pretty uninspired. Um, uh, it was all about the experience. The IMAX and the 3D really sold it for me. I mean, I yeah. saw it twice in that experience. So Wow. And if all goes well, this weekend we'll be talking with uh, Brendan Brendan Fraser, who is in the first live-action 3D IMAX, which is Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D. Not the one with Rick Schroeder. Uh, So from Walden Media. It's definitely aimed at children, Mm. but I've seen a trailer and gone, okay, it's kind of the kid's version of Vern. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they've done, you know. Different to make it, you know, it's specifically with 3D. That's part of the title. I don't think they're releasing it in a 2D version. Oh, okay. So it'll be a while before we see the DVD, I guess. My question to you guys is, do you have a problem with this uh, animation technique that that um, isn't graphic enough that, you know, we can really look at the style of the animation but is, isn't is lifelike enough that we can really get involved in the emotion on the faces? Well, it's kind of 
Well, kind of with the Imagineers, Disney, they have that concept of the Valley of the Uncanny. Mm. You know that yeah, yeah, I do know. Yeah, that where it beca- you know they they run into this problem with audio animatronics. If it became too real, it actually gets disturbing. Mm. Yeah. So. Robert Zemeckis is trying to walk that fine line. What I've preferred better with the motion capture, I really like Monster House. Mm-hmm. I liked completely stylizing it. I did it. a Monster House comic book, by the way, for IDW. Were wow. you the writer on that? I was I the writer on that, that, yeah. I didn't read it. With Gil Keenan. That's all right. I no. Just no. assume it's brilliant and don't read it. Okay, great. Uh, Continue. So uh, I preferred that. And then they're doing basically, I mean, uh, not Horton Hears a Who, but Zemeckis' next one is a very stylized Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey mm-hmm. as Scrooge. Uh, and they're, they're definitely, again, very much exaggerating. And I think I'd rather see that. If you're going to be animation, be animation. I, I, I I'm, I'm not necessarily really comfortable, though I understood why uh, you know, Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman felt Zemeckis was the guy to go with that script because they thought that the aging of Beowulf, which mm-hmm. is obviously central to mm-hmm. the story, um, would look weird. If you'd put sure, just a guy under prosthetics, that never quite looks right either. Mm. So this was then the compromise that made it work. I don't know. It, it's it's coming along fast. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the difference be, between Polar Express and, and Beowulf, Beowulf, Beowulf is much more successful mm-hmm. at conveying the emotion to the faces. And the eyes don't always creep you out the way mm-hmm. they did in Polar Express. As we said, John Malkovich's eyes Malkovich always creep always out. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. so you give it another year or you know, I'm not even thinking ten years. I mean, thinking you know, like three to five years. Sure. Well, look at your graphics. Look at yeah. your graphics from the new Iron Man movie. Like from the commercial trailers we saw, it looks like every time Iron Man's in the suit, it's going to be bad CGI. CGI. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, right. But yeah, I would. But if you accept that world, if you accept that you've got, you, I mean, we've accepted cartoon versions of stories where we get involved in and Snow White, right? Nobody, nobody says, well, I didn't buy the emotional impact of Snow White's death on the dwarves or anything. It's because they're, they're not trying to be human. Yeah, but did you see it's, it's graphic enough that it's easy for us to project emotions onto right, it. You right. know, that's exactly what the Valley of the Uncanny is about is when you start to render that stuff too closely – any uh, failure, any little tiny bit of, of when you're trying to attempt. image the reality, precisely, of the it becomes face. glaring. Right. You know. Well, then this goes back to Baz Luhrmann's theory with the Red Curtain trilogy and the Red Curtain style of making films is, you know, let's not pretend it's real, right? But you get it, you achieve an emotional realism by just giving a spectacle. It's almost right. easier, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a guy who actually spend, has spent a better part of the last three months As an animated studying character. Uh, the history of computer graphics in particular for our big exhibit, um, it's amazing what they are able to do with... I mean, what we saw for Beowulf is actually low-end. Mm. What yeah. you are seeing now, in uh, particularly in medical stuff, is incredibly lifelike to the point where you can zoom in for... Four to five million percent, and get it. But they, the problem is that the cost is so high. Still. Mm-hmm. You look well, at. Well, I've heard George Bush is completely animated. You look at some Obviously. of those. I'm surprised. People who are watching the Beowulf trailers, for example, didn't always realize they were looking at something that was animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that had to do with bad projection. Also. Well, no. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not examining, if you're not examining it, it's not under the microscope as is this real or not. It's just there. It's a commercial. It's something you're watching between. They don't catch on, and it isn't until you're exposed to an hour and a half of this that you start seeing. Oh, yeah, creepy. What's with the earlobe? Or you know. Well, here's the other thing, though. Too. I mean, you guys, I guess, almost all said that the story was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. So maybe no, if there the was a weaker sto- or a better story, stronger story, and a more engaging film, then you won't really care about 
the animation, right? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, Toy Story. Well, but again, you know, there is a graphic style to Toy right. Story, right. and also they're yes. toys, so you're not like. But the, the, the humans in toys. when you get right, humans, right. that's almost, when you go, oh, but, this doesn't look. But quite almost right. every Pixar. Well, I'd say every Pixar film has worked for me. Oh yeah, you know? no, I agree. And so, but the, they all have the a very unique graphic but again, look. Very yes. Unique. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the the thing is, uh, throughout Beowulf, um, there's some very genuine emotions elicited by the script, you know, and. Uh, uh, Roger Avery's had some great moments as a writer in the past, mm-hmm. and certainly Neil Gaiman has. So there were times when I was watching it, and I thought um, I would much rather see a real human being acting this out. I mean, I, I have an affinity for watching really good actors act. It's it's part of what I love about film in general, and uh, I, I miss that. You know, I'm. I, I missed seeing an actor really, really emote. A genuine human being attempt to reach for a genuine emotion. Yeah. Kind of like V for Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I like, I am a big voice acting Voice acting is one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that the voice acting in Beowulf was actually pretty weak. Oh, one yeah, of, especially of, the lead. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, one of God. the problems was, like, Anthony Hopkins, and I can't speak to Ray Winstone, but Anthony Hopkins didn't realize that when he was performing this, that was it. Oh, really? So he thought he was doing dry run or something. Yeah, he thought uh, wow. you know he was. That was he just was, his voice. That was he being... was recon. You know, I mean, he was educated after the first day of filming, but it was still something he hadn't really prepared for. He they shot it. They had the suit on, and this is a story Neil Gaiman told at Comic Con. He that they shot it. They had the suit, and they said, "Okay, that's it." And he said, "Okay, so when do I get my costume?" And they said, you don't. This is it. And it was like, you know, so I think Ray Winston probably had. That's a director's problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I think another thing that's happening with Zemeckis is he's more and more interested in the challenge of yeah. the way he's telling the story and less and less in the actual performance. Well, he's, he's, you know, it's, it's tech porn for him. He's getting into the Lucas territory where he can no longer deal with. Uh, and you once know, they get into that high end porn yeah. tech you're talking about, then yeah. it's really going to take well, off. Well, what's funny is that I, I directly saw the right before it literally was A Scanner Darkly, mm-hmm. which is um, decent storytelling. It's not fantastic, yeah. Yeah. but the voice acting, because it was part of actual acting, right. yes, yes. became so much more impressive. Right. Yeah. And when you get into rotoscoping and you're capturing, yeah. what you need is facial rotoscoping so you actually capture the emotional mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of the actor. Yeah. Actually, I want to. Th- I want to throw something out to you just just for credibility's sake. One of the best computer animations of human faces and bodies and the voice work that I've seen probably in the last, no, I don't know, it's probably the best I've seen. Initial commercials for Halo on the yes. TV with the kids out in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And you, I defy you to tell me those aren't real real actors out there in that, that you grass. Know, you're actually blowing my mind because I thought they were. Yeah. I really did. But uh, the commercial that I'm thinking you of know, they were slurpy cuts. the Master Chief uh, running up to the camera right, for, right. Uh, sure. I think it was three. And that was incredible. But see, that's the cheat on Master Chief because you never yeah. can see his face. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's and a, Master like Chief the Iron is Man at stuff. the Computer History Museum uh, where I ply my day job. Right. <laughs> i got to talk uh, to you, too. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you pimp that. You've got an upcoming... Uh, Exhibit on computer graphics there? Uh, we're doing a big... We're, right now we're doing our big uh, timeline of computer history, part of which is computer graphics, which is one of the areas I'm responsible for. But we're also getting a Babbage engine soon, so that's nice. going to be awesome. Sweet. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that is in Mountain View? In Mountain View, California. Shoreline and 101. 1401 North Shoreline Boulevard. Make Anna take you. Yes, I will. Wait, <laughs> a, a Babbage engine? Is that anything like a Turk? Actually, yes. Yes. Oh yes, actually. God. Pretty much, yeah. 
Skynet all over it's again. Steamnet. Uh, but oh my God, Lon got a reference. Oh, hey, <laughs> I'm coming, honey. I think that's it. Isn't the uh, director of those Halo commercials? Doesn't he have a big uh, feature gig coming up? No, I don't know. Am I wrong? Super Mario Brothers Two. Probably it's not. about time they yeah. back to the sewers. Yeah. Up with Yoshi. <laughs> Lordy. Okay. <laughs> well, we go back to our more we like our more standard animation, and of course, uh, almost everything else I have is. Uh, would you prefer that in two D? The new frontier, the other tack, the other way being going. Uh, DC and Marvel both putting out home video. Arguably, wasn't even three D when it was uh, shaded for the uh, comics for. Okay. The style, the style was well, no, flat, flat style. Absolutely. So, I mean, and then it goes back to stylization. I would rather see something reproducing the actual. I mean, what I've seen of New Frontier, I love that it looks like Darwin Cook. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't hurt that he, you know, cut his eye teeth doing Bruce Tim work anyway. Sure, sure. But I mean, this was a close closeness there. Uh, and then they've got coming up this Batman Gotham Knight, which is like the Animatrix they've given to like seven different directors to do short stories to kind of fill in what happens either between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight and whatever will happen in the third film. So cool. Yeah. So I'll buy it. <laughs> well, oh, sure, we'll buy it. I mean, we've pointed out we, we, we bought Countdown. Uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, I'd we rather see what I, yeah, I, I said. Shut up. I'm not proud of that. Okay, so there's also uh, Marvel released that they're going to uh, 2010 adapt Planet Hulk into animation. Wow. <laughs> and all you say is, hmm? give me that look. Uh, and a Thor, son of Asgard. Reproducing the 60s afternoon Marvel comic style, or they cut. <laughs> Absolutely. Between <laughs> Jack Kirby be and awesome. Steve Inko, it just shifts and it's paper cutouts. Absolutely. That would yeah. be fantastic. Absolutely. No, Planet Hulk would be. Uh, I, who is the artist? That guy's really complex. It'll be interesting to see if they do accurately reproduce that. Um, the only other rumor for like Saturday morning for children's animation, a Brave and the Bold series is supposed to be coming. What? what? Like an anthology series then? Uh, Batman and. Guest Who star of the okay, week. so back to the original wait, Brave and the Bold book. Back. Is it going to be Batman or the Batman? You know what I'm talking about? Well, see that at this. No, I, I do. And at that this, one is it going to be that one on the wall right there? Uh, and at this point, no one knows. Ah, uh, okay. Apparently, I, I don't even know if they've announced a sixth series of the Batman. I'm going to use this as a shout out to uh, Mark Wade's Brave and the Bold. If anybody's not reading love it, it, I think he's doing a great oh, yeah. job. Great love it. And we've said that. So, I, and I think it may be some of the popularity of that yeah. plus the realization. Again, as Mattel, you blew my mind today with an act, or last night with an action figure. You called me up to just tell me specially. You bought a Red Tornado figure. DC Universe. Yeah, they're releasing a bunch of. uh, They have a demon figure, too. You (laughs) can do a build your own. And you can, yeah, put together Metamorpho. If you so get you all five, or you get each individual, <laughs> you get a piece, yes, you get a cool. piece of metamorph. Wait, suddenly, dang it! Now I'm going to buy a series of this stupid. Although weirdly, thing. and I asked Eric for this last night. On top of that, you're going to open them. On the back of the package, it says, "I do create your own Rex Mason, the Element Man." Huh? But no reference to Metamorpho. So I was like, I, I'm not "What quite, happened, Derek? They don't call him Metamorpho anymore." I, I'm not quite sure what the deal is with that. I really, I, I, I don't. But. Mm. I think what's sadder is that I get phone calls at 11.30 from Lon Lopez We asking, tested the word well, It wasn't 11.30. It was 11. Too many people thought it was sexual. Metamorpho? <laughs> we tested it. I'm Focus confu- groups. I'm they- confused by that. Uh, so, 
that's all I got on TV this week. But we've got uh, Chris Garcia. Wait, we have one more. What, what do you have more? I don't have the exact date. Okay. But uh, the fourth season of uh, Battlestar Galactica was announced coming in April. I believe awesome. Mm-hmm. Either awesome. April 4th or April 14th. There's a four in it. So okay. check your so calendars. We that, and we did talk about last week that they're still going to back end the last ten episodes to cre- falsely create a fifth, ser- uh, fifth season for uh, 2009. We don't know if that's happening or not yet. Uh, no, they announced that officially last year. So the ne- so wait, so, so the second half of season four is going to be season five? Mm-hmm. So, excuse my ignorance, but has anyone announced anything with season three on Battlestar Galactica on DVD? Uh, it's just kind of in limbo, right? I mean, yeah, it's a good I question. Haven't, haven't they heard did Razor, and I, then that was right, the last right. DVD release. Yeah. I did just get a thing: the first Stargate SG One movie will be. We ain't talking about no DVD. Stargate. I know. I know nothing about it. That's like the just... poor man's BSG. Yeah, no is kidding. This really? Yeah. Is it, no. Stargate I don't. Is I don't. Below Star I, Search. I don't kind of put those <laughs> things together. I don't think of Battlestar Galactica and Ooh. Stargate in the same combined. They're on the Stargate same network. And Star Search. They are on the we same network, but you know, Battlestar Galactica may be the only thing of quality. I mean, Flash Gordon's on. Oh my God! Riverworld, the worst piece of thing ever put to celluloid. Oh, I've never seen. You're River all World. forgetting Mansquito. Oh, Mansquito. Mansquito. Well, the beauty of Mansquito, it's like one of the – they obviously aren't taking themselves seriously with Mansquito. But what's the deal with the Flash Gordon? I can't believe that Battlestar Galactica has been doing so well for them. It's getting critical acclaim. Right. They have the Doctor Who. I mean, I know they didn't produce it themselves. It's just Doctor Who. There's no article in it. (laughs) The Doctor Who. I do know that. Okay. It's actually a Doctor Who. You're dead to me, Rick. (laughs) Mr. Who. You know what my problem with Mansquito was? That you watched it? It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Get it? Uh, he's funny because he's a joke. He's funny. All right. So no, we talked. We've talked a lot about Flash Gordon because we were really looking forward to it. But yeah. the fact that they they decide oh that God. Mongo just looks like a national forest under a red filter is just that's yeah. just sad. It's yeah. pathetic. And that Ming looks like the guy from that series, The Phoenix, way back in. Uh, oh yeah, it was a really obscure science yeah. fiction reference. Wow. Yeah. It was an ABC series that lasts like three three episodes nice. in the seventies. Wow. That's like Super Train. Yeah. Yeah, but I saw that one too. I tuned into Flash Gordon briefly uh, once, and all I saw was the Hawkman like jumping around. Oh yeah, in the those, back that was that was the high point of the series. Having like epileptic and, fits. And, and so you, you mentioned earlier you enjoy watching actors act. Yeah, was that what I was seeing? And there? that's what I really <laughs> felt was sad. I'm like some some guy got paid like a quarter yeah. to put on that cape and go. No. Ah! Yeah, ah! no, no, no. Some you, gay you, bodybuilder in the, the back. That, that was just it. They went, they went down to the Gold's Gym and said, <laughs> "Who did. wants to be in a movie?" Yeah. Well, what, was, what's shocking is that uh, I think I can't remember what magazine it was was hyping it as the next great gay icon will be the whoever awesome. was the guy who starred as Flash Gordon was going to be. Um, it might have even been Out Magazine. Oh, nice. Well, Who's no, the I, previous gr- I, great gay icon? Oh, there are so, Rock so many. Right? I, I don't know how I feel about that prediction not coming true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to feel, Chris? Thanks. Well, Derek. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That's, well, if that's a, between you and your local clergy. All right. <laughs> if a culture that embraces ABBA doesn't embrace this, then you know you're in trouble. Ooh, good point. Good point. Good point. We got wrestling news, do we? A little bit, yeah. Could you? Actually, more MMA than wrestling. But well, great. That's great. Talk about MMA um, then. So we've got uh, some great stuff coming up. Uh, we've got the recent Kimbo Slice uh, knocking... Oh, he's bad. He's a bad man. But uh, he knocked around uh, Tank Abbott, who is one of the uh, great drunken uh, barroom brawlers of all time. Uh, uh, 
it's been around since the beginning of MMA, and Tank sort of had the you know attitude and was a great talker. And Kimbo, who is the new big hot thing, and I think his second fight, just beat him like a redheaded stepchild who owed him money. However, I did see that fight. However, Tank was not nearly in fight shape and what he should have been. He, he they looks like they pulled him right off the street and said, "Here's here's a bunch of money. Fight this guy and get your butt kicked." Well, he's forty four or forty five, I think. Yeah, then he should not be MMA fighting. Yes, very true. Um, also, uh, I have to give a shout out to Gina Carano, aka Crush, from American Gladiators, who will be fighting at I believe it's the uh, March 29th show at the San Jose Arena. So uh, legitimately fighting. Legitimately fighting. She's a legit fighter. Is she um, gonna have Crush? Is a fantastic, fantastic uh, mixed martial artist, uh, undefeated currently, and is signed to the Strike Force Group here in San Jose. So she'll be fighting around here. And just a lovely little thing to look at, too. Um, lovely what? little lovely thing, lovely crush, little huh? Thing. Yeah. Oh, and she'll kill me. That's She's got it. thighs <laughs> as big as your torso. always sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to answer that. Yeah. Um, and in wrestling news, uh, we had a pay-per-view this past week. Oh, did we? Um, which featured a little, little uh, match, two, actually, Elimination Chambers. Uh, one for SmackDown, one for Raw. SmackDown one apparently was okay. It basically continued the long-running Batista versus Undertaker thing. That's not important. But important is the fact that the Raw one saw the continued push of my hero and yours, Jeff Hardy. And he actually was the one who lost. Of the Hardy Boys. He's one, yes. well, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, one he, of your heroes. He gets, yeah. very, crimes. he gets very yeah. upset when I make bad Hardy Boys jokes, you know. And say, okay, good. That's right. But, uh, so they're fighting in Bayport next week? <laughs> At the top of the hill in the haunted house. <laughs> the, house the house on the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that Hardy is being pushed very hard, uh, but of course... Leaving Triple footprints H- under the window. Yeah. <laughs> I read that one, too. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that push you know, is, of course, trumped by Triple H having to get the belt back at WrestleMania. So it's a shame, but... Everything's building towards Mania, and it looks like it's going to be good stuff. All right. So. Everything's building towards Mania. Now, is that real wrestling? <laughs> is that a real thing <laughs> to people? The answer is that it's we'll the only sport. Screen. It's the I only sport s- with good writers. Uh, all right, excellent. <laughs> I, I've got to say, I'm I mean, sure a, 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 a long-running uh, feud between fans and J. Michael Straczynski has actually come to an end today because he announced that he is giving up his exclusive contract with Marvel. So. You know, I've How known him since I was little. Well, we've certainly been talking about this, uh, that, that you know, writing all these Marvel projects and being Marvel's golden boy has been uh, bad something. Not bad for him, but bad fans have been very upset. Not bad for Marvel. Bad for who, then? Well, the fans, apparently, if you yeah. listen to the internet, everybody's been upset and saying... Bad for Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, I have, his, I have fanzines that he sent articles to that were from my dad's collection from, like, the 80s. Wow. And, or late, early 80s, cool. late 70s, maybe. Like when he was known as J. Strass? When he was very young. When he was on <laughs> CompuServe. Yes. Writing, exactly. Were any of them out, about Babylon 5? <laughs> no, but there is one great review of, I want to say it's Buck Rogers, and it's absolutely hilarious. I'd wow. like to point out that Lon's really looking forward to alienating J. Michael Straczynski this weekend at WonderCon. Is he going to be there? Where you can find, yes he is. Where you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him the whole. You know who else is going to be there? Joshua M. Dysart. That's true. And Josh. Uh, do you know what the M stands for? Mr. Mickey. Oh. <laughs> all, of, all of the above. 
Mr. No, no I, I, I tell, I'm, I'll tell you, but you're not going to believe it. But my middle name is actually Moonracer. My full name is Joshua Dayton Moonracer Dysart. That is a true story. Hippie Absolutely. Parents. Is hippie uh, parents. 19 Robert Rodriguez your father? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Bringing us full circle to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So wait, you're going to be signing at WonderCon? Or? Yeah, I have, uh, I have two scheduled signings right now. Um, uh, at the Dark Horse booth, one is Friday uh, from five to six with, and it's uh, me and Mike Mignola, and uh, Mike and I are signing again on Sunday from uh, I guess uh, it's either twelve to one. Or so if 1 we to come two. by, are you going to pretend like you don't know us? And I stuff, totally or? am. I'm okay. totally going to snub you. That's what I thought. Well, yeah. Few industry and types, especially in front of Mike. I mean, I really got to. Well, keep you know, cool. I do kind of understand that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, yeah, yeah, a bunch of kiddie fans. Uh, you know, we, we'll actually be snubbing you first. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Josh, we like you. I don't understand. We're going to stalk you. It's going to be the whole one. I'm just going to walk like, by and be all, like, whatever. Is there anything else on the list? There's nothing else. That's why we just evolved. Actually, it's Steve's birthday. It is. Steve, I think, we, did we mention that up top? We did. Yes, we did. We did. But well, we so, didn't sing him happy birthday. Oh, Lordy. Do we and we to? don't because then we, money, we get sued. Not? Then it actually, um, go ahead. I was gonna. I know it's a night. I'm a nightmare when I'm on the show for editing. What's the feud between Straczynski and the fans? It's we been just very controversial the last six, seven months. People have just been complaining and complaining. And actually, Straczynski. Just, what is their complaint? Uh, that, that he's he ruined Spider-Man. That oh, he's, he's ruined all this stuff. And, I then, see. and then actually, he went on a board uh, publicly on his own. I guess his own blog and said, uh, you know, they recently had this event with Spider-Man you may have heard of called One More Day. I have heard of it, yes. Yes, in which uh, Spider-Man... Isn't he, he, it's a retcon thing, right? right. He's like Peter kissing Par- some girl Peter on Park, the first page. Peter, Peter, Parker, Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Um, how do you put that? Sold their marriage to the devil? Uh, nice. They exchanged their happiness for Aunt May's life. life. Which is wow. totally logical. Yeah. Uh, and so retcon so that now they've and once never... Again, was that a Straczynski magic. decision? That, no, uh, apparently he went on the blog and he actually had wanted to take his name off of it because uh, Joe Quesada forced him uh, to write Quesada. it. So he kind of turned his back on... Yes. And, and some and people said he ruined it before. So, you know, it's been a long-term thing and now I... I we'll I, never forget the Gwen Stacy babies. The, yeah, I, you know about the Gwen Stacy babies? No, no, I don't. Uh, they, were a punk, I have they were a punk group out of France in the 80s. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, Gwen Stacy apparently had a pair of twins that grew at a hyper-accelerated rate because their father was not Peter Parker. Their father was Norman Osborn, mm. who, when mm-hmm. his son overdosed in the classic No Comics Code 96, right, right. Uh, he seduced Gwen and in the most horrific piece of art in the history of comics, we got to see Norman Osborn's O-Face, if you will. <laughs> oh, my God. As awesome. Yeah. That People was it. That? that one on Rick's face. That, that was it. it. That was it. Oh, Very good, Rick. And Charlie, that is amazing, entertaining radio. <laughs> and he, he did. He did. Uh, and so he was the father of these twins. That was wow. method acting. That he whisked away and raised in Germany to someday come back and bedevil Peter. Because naturally, as often happens with twins, they, uh, the girl was the spitting image of Gwen Stacy. Uh. And yeah. so, you know, it was like people were really horrified. And also everybody thought Gwen Stacy was a virgin. It actually made the uh, Clone Saga look good. Kind of did. Kind of yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine? But I have to feel for Straczynski because people have gone on the Internet before and written really horrible things about me. Now, granted, never – I would never helm Spider-Man, which I'm sure. I mean, there's a, a and, much uh, larger. I guess what I you heard, just did. Guaranteed yeah. <laughs> you won't. I, I, I think I heard your pitch for it the last time you were here, yeah. off, off the air. And no, no, the, you're never gonna. My existential take on Spider-Man. Um, I, I, you shouldn't spin a web from there. Okay. <laughs> okay, we are missing an opportunity here, and that is that 
I want I want to ask some questions about BPRD right now. Oh, well, then yeah, do it. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so we've enjoyed it. Enjoyed the first two issues. Awesome. And the little girl character mm, is the creepiest character Fantastic. I've seen in years. Very uh, cool. And even after I know her origin yes. from the second issue, uh, it's still like really creepy that she's a little girl with tea party dolls and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was most intriguing to me about the first issue was the backstory of the German economics and the yes. social system after World War II, after everything fell apart. Yeah. Where did you – I mean, what kind of research did you, did you do to find that out? Because I've never seen anyone else take that on. I think that in part that's how I got the job, to be quite honest. Um, uh, uh, Mike has expressed to me several times, you know, that what he really wanted was this to have a, some real historical bite. And I had done a lot of research in that. I mean, I've just been naturally fascinated with Germany before the war, during the war, and after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for reasons I won't go into, I mean, it's just an extremely interesting You're period. You're not a Nazi, are you? I'm not a Nazi. Okay, good. Just, <laughs> I'm not a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. He wasn't going to go into it. <laughs> but 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 it is. I'm just saying, if, if that was the case, though. I, but I mean, it is something that's very fascinating. How does a culture fall into a political party like National Socialism or a political idea like National Socialism? And uh, it's very much because of post World War One economics. And um, uh, you know, and so that's always been fascinating to me. And I've been doing a lot of research. There's a lot of that in Captain Gravity and the Power of the Vril, which is a, a book that Mike read, I think, before he hired me. And um, and that's kind of why I was brought in. But you know, you can you can get that. You just so when you were brought in on this, was it already established it was going to occur in this time frame? Yeah. In fact, I was – the email I received from Scott Alley that um, was sort of prepping me for the first meeting with Mike was that Mike wants to do a story called BPRD 1946. However, Scott knows me very well and he knows that I will wet my pants. When he said BPRD 1946, I didn't even read the rest of the email. Before I mean, your bladder let go? That was completely <laughs> it. Yeah, I was sold. I would I, – I, you know, I – my other editors on other projects are lucky I didn't just walk away from everything and to take that over because um, I'm very, very fascinated with Germany, particularly directly after the war. I mean it's such an interesting time. Um, even you know, forgetting the good Germans who are on the side of the road and it, when Hitler's caravan passed and excited about it and bought into the racist rhetoric, forgetting those guys. What about the your regular everyday German who right. just turn their eyes from the trains when they pass by filled with people? Or just, I mean, how do they live with themselves when they realize that the national socialist dream, something that even even decent Germans sort of bought into because their economy was thriving and things like How do they live with themselves when it's all over? When their city, their 700-year-old city is in ruins, when, uh, when they realize that it is their, their desire for living room, Lebenstrom, is their desire for living room that has set the whole world on fire. Like, how do you deal with that? And then yeah. on top of that, you've got Russian atrocities. You know, the Russians came in pretty damn pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a very interesting period in history. Well, told, we're going to see more of that throughout the whole series. Huh? Um, to a certain degree. Okay. I mean, ultimately, you know, we can't sacrifice the thrust right, of the you narrative. you get into the, the yeah, supernatural the stuff. aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, the, it is BPRD. And also, it's a very much a chase narrative. I mean, as you can see, uh, if you've read number two, the minute Broom says – we we've got to move to we got to go to the asylum right, right now. Right. We pretty much don't stop till the end of issue 5. Right. So I, I try it here and there. You know, mostly it's in the way they have to deal with the ger- other German people. But one thing that is very interesting to me is issue 4 is a flashback. Most of it is a flashback to 
Berlin the day the Russians planted their flag on the Reichstag. So it's very interesting stuff. It's cool. exactly what was happening, and I did a lot of research for that. So you've got the um, you've got the, the 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 kids, the Hitler Youth, Hitler Jungen, who are um, uh, who are the, pretty much your last line of defense. You've got. Uh, German soldiers trying to defect and children hanging them and I mean it's just chaos and it's just absolute Armageddon um, so and this is a period in history by the way this is also the very beginning this is ground zero for the Cold War I mean this changed yeah. the entire relationship of the entire planet this conflict it, it you know African liberation is because uh, the Africans were given roles during World War II and they and they, they felt a sense of independence and you start to see it in the story the interaction between the Americans and the Russians and the, and the Germans in the center and all that. yeah absolutely and you know, I really wish if we had had a, a, a bigger palette to paint upon, I could have brought in, you know, there were also the British and the French were there. And there was a neutral zone where they were policing together. We had military units uh, made of a French person, a British person, a Russian person. And, uh, you know, it sounds like a bad joke. Yeah. And they were policing the yeah. neutral zone. I they mean, walk into a Reichstag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's pretty interesting stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm very taken by it. And, um, and I think that's part of why I got the gig, you know, and. So the series, in, in general, gets a lot of press for the backstories, the 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 source material that that is drawn into the legends and stuff. And I had to wonder when, in the first issue, when they're walking through, they walk into the Russian storehouse of yes. all the articles and stuff. How many of those things are actually just? Are scripted? Are there stories behind them versus just the? I thought it'd be interesting to have a frog's head on the end of a wand kind uh, of thing. Uh -huh. uh, it, this is very much. Um the beauty of having Mike as your creative collaborator because that is Mike's bag, man. I yeah. mean, you know, and so Mike always knew, we always knew there was going to be a Nazi uh, UFO in the, that was a big one. And all around it was going to be all this arcane stuff. And uh, that idea, the Nazi UFO, Mike and I banged it back and forth. And, you know, at one point, the characters were seeing trucks pull out and they had these huge ufo shaped things underneath them and uh you know it's just these big nazi trucks taking them back to the you know um back to russia and um and eventually we settled on that splash page because it's the kind of terse storytelling that mike is known for um but that was mostly mike directing paul uh for the most part okay. and, yeah yeah so if anybody knows he knows it but he's not telling yeah, yeah. precisely i mean i, I can pretty well, he's much laid seeds like that throughout all the yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. it's yeah. one of mike's things you know he i mean um he pretty much just draws in what he's fascinated by and assumes eventually he's going to get around to getting to tell a story about it. And if he lays the tracks down now, the train will get to the station. But, um, yeah, and, and that's just, you know, it's the way he does things. So, so on, a, on a side note, I have a question. Since your interest in Germany and everything is so well researched, or can we expect a, a solo project or something down the line, a creator-owned that – might explore that more it's very it's very possible yeah i mean totally uh, if you know i i'm a pretty lazy mm. <laughs> so uh, it would be a but i would like to one of the things this year i want to do is start making work and taking less work so it's very possible yeah so uh, are you willing to take over the perry roden uh series i think uh, if you you know with the, the interest in german i think that you're up right up your alley yeah i don't know what that is <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's the world's longest running science fiction soap opera oh really it's yeah, up really. into it's what up into like three thousand in? issues Novels. oh they, they actually publish them twice a month that was i was making was a, a reference earlier wow. okay. too yeah 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 wow. so and they've been doing so for years uh, the u.s had about a uh, 150 of the issues uh translated by forrest Ackerman back in the 70s oh and wow 80s. wow yeah um, one other, one other, uh, you, you'll, you can say no to this, but uh, semi-spoiler: Are we going to see in this series any more roots to current characters BPRD 
Other um, than Broom, you other mean? Other than, yeah. You think you're about it. Too much, you're yeah. asking about BPRD agents and people in the just organization like, that is BPRD. When we see something, we go, oh, okay. That's, it's, you I mean like see. Easter eggs or something? Well, I mean like if Hellboy showed up, but he's already showed up. You know? He showed up, yeah. The, uh, um, the organization itself, no. Okay. Um, but there will be other – you will – if you have read uh, the Minola universe – um, there will be other things that okay. you will, yeah. there will be satisfaction. That will be satisfaction. And you know, one movie we haven't talked about really, and it's coming out this summer, is the Hellboy oh, Two, yeah, the Golden, yeah. the Golden Army. Uh, have you seen anything? No, I, I only know what Mike has told me, and I, I can't really relate any of that here okay. because I'm that cool and inside at all. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not really that inside at all well, at all. I'll, I'll give you a scoop. <laughs> Hellboy fights monsters in it. Good for you. Uh, that is true. I, I can confirm. Lon helping. Okay. Well, <laughs> can just to say it again, I mean, we've we've gushed over this book. So uh, just two issues so far. Awesome. But, like it goes right to the top of my read stack. Oh, that's I awesome. Yeah. I hope I, I'm sure it will. Dr- I'll drop the ball soon and. <laughs> And it'll no, sink, plummet no, to the no. bottom of your read stack. But it just proves this is why you're the man to revive Harvey Comics. Now you got that gig, right? You're going to write Casper <laughs> do, do, hot do, stuff? That's actually the Buddha gig. Like the, Casper the Buddha. Hot, hot stuff. <laughs> yeah. Casper the friendly Buddha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. If you I see like Casper on the Harvey. road, you must <laughs> kill him. Blew my mind. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait for the Harvey tune on that one. That would be great. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can. Anyway, because I've seen the Harvey tunes recently. Okay. Well, uh, that's wrapping up. If you've got any questions, comments, uh, don't write in for Josh's email address. I will not give it out. Uh, but you have your own website. Uh, I do. I have a website that needs a, needs needs a, traffic? a great amount of updating is what it <laughs> oh, needs. Oh, updating. Okay. Yeah, the journal is, is functioning, but all the other data is pretty old. But I have a website, joshuadiceart.com, and, uh, of course, I have a MySpace page, which is uh, MySpace. Which we're going to be friends, right? Backslash uh, Joshua Dice. I don't know. I'll yeah, think, about I don't think about it. I have to look at your page. I'm pretty snobby that way. There's not much to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, I don't know if you'll make the cut. Man. A lot of, you know, ad denied. Uh, ad denied. You know, lawn scantily clad. So, you know, that's, oh, well, that's that might actually okay, work. There yeah. we go. It works on everybody. Book. It does. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Josh, for oh, sitting in tonight. For uh, somewhat against your will, but the hypno disc worked. And, yeah, uh, sorry I think about turned, my lack of knowledge. I know. I think it turned out to be pretty, pretty fun. Gross. This is yeah, really cool. Definitely. Glad to have you here tonight. So, again, if you have any questions, comments, uh, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Chris Garcia, wrestling dude. Lon Lopez, uh, editor-in-chief, moreonlife.com. Check it out. Season 3, on the air now. And Rick Snyder over and out, reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Yeah, and he's banging Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh. <laughs> Would you stop? I there hear he's dating Catherine Zeta Jones. This is. Uh, All right, hold, hold. Rick is, <laughs> I hear he's dating Catherine Zeta Jones. He's married to her, he's had a couple kids by her. Rick is like becoming Wiley Coyote with the signs, you know. It's like, feel. Don't even don't even put that in the outtake, man. It's awful. Quiet on the set, please. Take one. Take one. Action.
30 seconds. Now, Lon. I like that we're standing, though. Yeah, it's more dynamic. Yeah. I'm lazy. We used to do it like this all the time. Yeah. The diaphragm is allowed to float. Mm. All right, so mm. throughout your setup, then, you should probably, you probably should, you know, talk bo- 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 about the store and then go right into a special guest. And mm-hmm. then go on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I produced the show. So, uh, nice. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's your motivation? <laughs> is, yeah. Right now, nothing. Nothing. He's taken away. It's turned to ash in my mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like he was a Catholic schoolgirl and just became Little Lotta in the outfit. Uh, you're talking about me? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you mean. I know. We spent a lot of time with Eric's told that story four times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That's all he's got. That's all, it is. It's my That's all story. I've got. Mm. <laughs> I've had to edit it out of the podcast four <laughs> times. <laughs> Are you ready to start, Lon? Sure. Do you want to do your vocal exercise? Here you go. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Okay, That's lovely. Oh, this is ego exercise. Derek's always <laughs> ready. Derek was born I get it. yesterday. No. <laughs> Just call me Judy. All right, we're going to show you I lost, you lost me on that one, Chief. Star of Born Yesterday, Judy Holiday. Ah. Wow. Old reference lost on younger viewers. I'm not that old. She's completely dead now. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying, paying attention back then. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. Are you ready? Okay, let's get a clean start here. Speak. Uh, uh, this is me, and I'm speaking, and I'm here with nothing to say. To any of you people. La, 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 la. That's good. That's okay. good. <laughs> wow, it sounded kind of bitter. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's only begun. Make me talk, will you? <laughs> I'll make you resent. Use your powers only for good. Wait, can we get Josh to do one no, more we, bumper? We, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We well, that last time. It was an hour. <laughs> it did. It took a while. Powers use good for only <laughs> at, at, at one point. At one point, it became a jumble. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just clues and words that you had to decipher later. Hi, my name is Joshua Dysart. Uh, I'm working on BPRD 1946 with Mike Mignola, and that will be out in January. I just did Conan and the Midnight God, and uh, I'm currently working on the revamp of The Unknown Soldier for Vertigo. And remember, use your powers only for good.